So, if you, so um, I really am Anna, and uh, she's really in Sierra Vista, but I am so honored and privileged to be here. Um, Pastor Jean and Pastor Shana have become dear friends to us, and um, I mean, what an honor to be standing in front of you guys um, and to be trusted with you. I, amen. And that was really my heart's desire um, when I was praying is, God, these are your people, and I only want to give them what you have for them. I, I don't have anything to bring you, amen, but there's a gift and a calling on my life, and it's my um, job to fulfill that and bring forth what God has for you this morning, amen. Let's go to prayer real quick. Father, we just lift you up in this place. Father, we are so grateful and so thankful to be able to come and be under your word and under your presence and father under your anointing father we thank you father for the word that you have for us this morning father we thank you that it goes forth with power father with wisdom with strength father and we thank you we thank you father ahead of time for the answers we thank you father ahead of time for the guidance we thank you father ahead of time for guiding us and leading us into all that you would have us to do so father we worship you we honor you we keep our eyes and our focus on you, Father, because you are the head. And Father, we desire to follow you with all of our heart. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, you can be seated this morning. Amen. His presence is so good. Amen. He's so faithful. Amen. Well, in um, preparing for uh, coming this morning, I was... Uh, it was, it was awesome. I told Caitlin, um, which is my sister, I was like, it's so nice when God directs you to teach on something that you got to teach on in April because that means it's in you. Right. Amen. And so I'm going to be teaching you this morning on staying in your place. Okay. Now, how many of you know that you have a call of God on your life? Amen. Amen. And it is your job to fulfill that. I cannot fulfill your call. You cannot fulfill my call. Our calls will not look the same. They will be different. And that's okay. But you have to realize that it is your job to fulfill that. And nobody can make you do it. It would be really nice if somebody could just drag you along and say, let's go. But it's your choice to fulfill it. Amen. And when you choose to be disobedient, everything that comes with you or with that is on you. Because being in disobedience allows an open door for the enemy to wreak havoc in your life because you are choosing to be disobedient. It's a choice. And that's what so many, so many Christians think, well, you know, whatever, no big deal. Well, it is a big deal to be in disobedience. It is a big deal to not be following your plan and your call, and there's a lot of um, things that can come against you. Right. Amen? So in talking about staying in your place, I looked up the word stay, and it, it surprised me really what it means because a lot of times we just don't look up these you know, words, but it means secure or steady. And it says, and I wrote down, we desire to, or we should desire to want to be secure and steady. When we walk out the plan that God has for us, we ensure that with that plan, we will be secure and steady. And um, I have a little funny story. So uh, in January, I got a puppy, and she is seven months old. And um, I live in a condo. And so one of the first things that we had to, I had to instill in her is 
to stay because the moment that she would have ran out the door is the parking lot. And I knew that once she got out of the safety and security of my home, she was then unsafe. So to stay became something that now she knows it doesn't matter if I walk out the door, she cannot follow me. And she can only go where I allow her and guide her to go. And how many of you know as Christians, we just think that we can walk and do whatever we want. Well, you can't. I, I try to tell our youth all the time, you don't have a choice. It is God's plan and purpose for your life, and that is the only plan and purpose that is going to delight you, to bring joy to you, to bring peace to you, to bring all the answers to you. So guess what? You don't have a choice. If you want to follow God, you've got to follow him hook, line, and sinker. There is no gray area. There's black and white. Amen. And so we desire, or we should desire, to be secure and safe. Amen. So when we stay where God has planted us, we will forever be safe and secure. Amen. And one of the um, points that I want to bring out this morning is in Mark chapter 4. And we're going to go down to verse 23. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified uh, Classic version. And some of you might be like, why are you going to here? Because this is one of the first keys to knowing how to stay in your place. So Mark chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening, and let him perceive and comprehend. Verse 24, And he said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. You could preach a whole sermon on that. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. And one of the parts I want to bring out is the measure of thought and study you give to the truth, which is the word. One of the ways to stay in your place in the body of Christ is to be in the word. If you are out of the word, guaranteed the enemy is going to sway you to get out of your place. Because he will bring um, any, I mean, you might walk into the bathroom and the toilet paper might be in the roll wrong and you get mad at this place. I mean, we think it's funny, but people really do leave churches and the body of Christ and their place because of something as simple as the toilet paper. I've seen it. <laughs> And so it's time that as Christians, we get mature and we realize that part of staying in our place is to be in the word. Because then it continues to say it will be the measure of virtue or we can say wisdom and knowledge that comes back to you. So, so many Christians, I've heard this time and time again, being a PK, that, well, this place just isn't feeding me anymore. Well, that's not the church's problem that's your problem you're not in the word and so therefore wisdom and knowledge is not coming and that is your on you as the christian it is not on the church amen because i guarantee you where i go to church and i guarantee this place you're getting fed the word and if you're not feeding that is not on you you're not pulling up to the table amen so the thought and study to the word, this is how you will be led to the place and be able to stay where God has called you. Amen? That's just the beginning. Um, let's head over to the book of Ruth. This is somebody who stayed. <laughs> Amen? 
Amen. Book of Ruth in chapter 1. And I'm going to read this out of the message this morning. So Ruth chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 3. So we know, I'm going to kind of skip around, but um, in verse 3 it says, Elimelech died and Naomi was left, she and her two sons. The two sons took Moabite wives, um, and we know kind of the story about um, how they all came to be. Um, So let's hop down to verse 6. It says, One day she got together, she and her two, um, so that's talking about Naomi. Um, One day she got herself together, her and her two daughters-in-laws, to leave the country of Moab and set out for home. And she heard that God had been pleased to visit his people and give them food. And so she started out from the place that she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law with her, on the road back to the land of Judah. After a short while on the road, Naomi told her two daughter-in-laws, go go back, go home and live with your mother, and may God treat you as graciously as you treated your deceased husbands and me. May God give each of you a new home and a new husband, and she kissed them, and they cried openly, and they said, no, we're going on with you to your people. But Naomi was firm, go back, my dear daughters, why would you come with me? Do you suppose I have more sons in my womb who will become your future husbands? Go back, dear daughters, on your way, please. Um, I'm too old to get a husband. Why, even if I did this, there's still hope. Um, you know, so she keeps going on, telling him, no, go, go, go. <laughs> Amen. Um, but in verse 14, again, they cried openly. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth embraced her and held on. That's the part I want. She embraced her and she held on and she was not going to let her go. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is going back to live with her own people and gods. Go with her. But Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go, I go. Where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. That's where I'll be buried. So help me, God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. When's the last time you heard somebody talk like this about their home church? Because let me just be honest with you. It's not that God doesn't move people or transition people in and out. But I guarantee most of the time when you're called to a place, you're called there to stay. And so it's time for us as Christians to stop thinking it's okay to church hop. Sorry. (laughs) It's time to get into our place because there's work to be done. You know, we we know that the all in the the whole thing that we're getting to is to get to heaven and for Jesus to come back and resurrect his church. But the only way we're going to get there is by people being in their place and doing the work of the ministry. The only way we're going to get to the last day revival is if God is your all in all and you're wanting to follow him completely and wholeheartedly. Amen. And if you're doing your call, I'm doing my call. We got this thing. And he's going to come back sooner than you even realize. Amen. So Ruth's heart was set. She knew that Naomi's God was the real deal and she wanted to be there. We should be like Ruth and stand up to things that try to get us out of the plan and say, oh, no, you don't. You can't force me to change where God has placed me. Amen. Let's head over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read this in the Passion Translation. I like to 
to read out of a few different um, translations because sometimes it, it gets the point across a little bit better to us um, rather than the King James where you just have to do more study. Amen. So Romans chapter 12 in verse 1, and we're going to read quite a bit of this, but it tells us how the body should operate. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God and to be his sacred living sacrifice and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Amen. And we could, we could just stay on that. Amen. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. We could teach on that too. It matters what you think. A renewed mind will stay in their place. An unrenewed mind will run rampant. Amen. Um, uh, let's see. Where do we? But we inwardly transform by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. Amen? We could literally label these. These are things that are important to staying in your place. The moment you get into pride, the moment that you think it's about you and it's not about God, it's, the, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Amen? In verse 4, in the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. Most people don't even realize this is in here. But it's really difficult for the body to function properly when you're missing a, an arm or you're missing a toe, surprisingly. <laughs> but there's different parts. In, let me just, because we've had this a lot sometimes. People will call out on a Sunday morning and they just think that, you know, it's taken care of. Pastor Kevin, Pastor Jennifer will take care of it. But when the body is not functioning or when there's a missing piece, the body cannot function the way that God ordained it to function. And that day there may have been something or somebody that came to church that you were going to get to touch their life, but you missed your opportunity. So it's vital in staying in your place that you're there. You're part of the body. You get involved. There, you know, don't just, I mean... Don't get me wrong, it's always great to sit and feed on the word. But there's work to be done, y'all. There's work to be done. There's people to be reached. There's hearts and lives at stake here. And so it's important that we are right smack dab where he has called us to be and doing what he's called us to do. Amen? Let's keep going because we're getting all the way to verse 21. Um, so let's see. Verse 5. And so it is in the body, for though we are many... We were all mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the other. If you're missing your part, it could mess up somebody else's part. If you're, you know, doing a halfway job, it could then, you know, mean somebody else is doing a halfway job. We are doing this together. 
um, God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts. To each one of us. Don't tell me you don't have a gift. Don't tell me you don't have a plan or a purpose. God gave his gifts to each one of us, but they are varying. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, activate your gift by using the um, proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. The reason I like to read out of the passion right here is because of the words it uses. Thrive in serving others well. Don't do a halfway job thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then actively be teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often. Don't let it lie dormant. Use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without fan any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Amen. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. So many people can get hung up on that. Make sure you love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. In the kingdom, you should always be who you are. Amen. Don't fake it. Don't try to be something you're not. Be who you are. Be who God's called you to be. Now, there are characteristics that we have to get out of. Amen. Amen. When uh, Joe came in, was, I don't know, March or whenever they came, um, we actually got to go out as a staff and go to, and eat. And, you know, I think he was like, man, you are nice. Just because <laughs> my face doesn't show that. Um, I forget to smile sometimes. And people are like, oh, you have a personality. And so I realized that being as a minister, <laughs> as being a minister of the word, I have to make that a better habit. Because I don't want to be um, one of those people that people think I can come up and talk to you because I'm totally open and want to have fun and enjoy doing ministry. And so sometimes we do have to change some things about our personality or some characteristics we have to better enable us in our call and better enable us in our gifts. But you also shouldn't be fake. Be who you are. Don't try to change who you are because somebody doesn't like you. Because if they're following the word, they should be loving you. Amen. So you should always, always be who you are. Because your call is only your call. And the reason that God gave you that call is because you have everything in you to do that call. It's in you. You just have to seek the Holy Spirit, seek God on how to do it, when to do it, and, and really just ask him to give you opportunities to do that. Amen? And you know what? He put that in you, so he will allow there to be opportunities for that to happen. Amen? Amen. Let's keep going because I could get stuck. All right. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor for one another. Be enthusiastic. When's the last time you were enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards him boiling hot? 
It is your job to keep it boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let your hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Not just sometimes, continual. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. At all times. That's part of staying in your place. We could add, after every sentence here, you could almost add, this is how you stay in your place. This is how you stay in your place. Amen. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. And eagerly welcome people as guests into your home, speaking blessing, not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate those, uh, celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are of your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do minimal tasks and identify with those who are humble minded. I'm just going to put this little insert in here. You don't have to, when you start with your call, if you are just beginning, you don't have to start big. Put your hand to something, whether that's vacuuming the floors, whether that's cleaning the chairs, whether that's cleaning the bathrooms. Sometimes some of you may say, well, I don't know what my plan is. I don't know what my call is. Well, you've got two great pastors who are leading and guiding you who can give you that ability. And I guarantee you, if you'll put your hand to something, God will start to lead you and direct you as you're doing it to what your call is, what what you're to do, what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. Amen. So you can't tell me you don't have something you can't do. Amen. Um, Let's see. Live happily together in the spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are of your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do minimal tasks and identify with those who are humbly minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Beloved, don't be obsessed with thinking, uh, with taking revenge, but leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scripture says, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. For your surprising generosity will awaken his confidence or conscience and God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. Amen. I wanted to, re- I know that was a lot to read through, but I wanted to read that because if you meditate on this, you'll know what God has called you to do. You'll know how to live, how to be, and how to move in his um, plan and his, and, and really how to stay in your place. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going because I don't want to run out of time. God's plan of bringing Jesus in the world meant it mattered that people stayed in their place. Um, we've been teaching our kids in the children's church. We felt that it was important for kids to know all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament because so many uh, people become adults and they've never really studied the Old Testament. They don't know anything about it because in children's church, a lot of times we just teach them the basics, um, you know, Noah's Ark and those kind of stories, but we never teach them really what happened and really how we got from here 
at the garden to all the way at the end of the, tes the New Testament. And so we were directed as a church to go ahead and teach them that. And so it was really neat to see their eyes just light up when they realized that there was a lineage all the way from the beginning to get all the way to Jesus. And so it mattered that those people took their place and stayed in their place. I guarantee you God probably had some plan B's, C's, and D's, right? But it was important that those people stayed in their place so that Jesus could come and save us. Amen? Um, so it matters. It matters. Don't think that you getting out of your place doesn't matter. It matters. Um, they stuck to the plan for signs and wonders and miracles to happen. Um, it mattered that Jesus and the disciples stayed in their place. No opportunity is worth getting out of the place that God has called you. Because where he's called you, there is safety and security. So I'm going to list some things. No job. No school, no relationship, no family member is worth you leaving your position where God has called you to stay. To see the last day harvest, the last day revival, people are going to have to learn how to stay in their place and not get out, not get to the left or to the right. We want to stay straight in the middle. Amen. Amen. Staying in your place, it's important. Now we're going to go somewhere, and don't, don't lose me yet. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We were here this morning, and we're going to read this out of the New King James Version. And everybody's like, why are we going to the communion? Um, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27. And everybody knows this. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in the, of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And everybody's like, why are we here? Well, because, number one, we know that we did communion this morning, and that would be, you know, not discerning the Lord's body. But I'd like to go further and say part of the Lord's body is the church. And so in these scriptures, if we also look at it as if we're not discerning the Lord's body, we're taking for granted the body of Christ. And so some of us need to examine ourselves. Are we taking for granted the place that God has called us to be? Are we taking for granted the men and the women of God that they have placed in our lives to lead us, guide us, minister to us, and give us all that we need? Because really, it goes straight to the scripture. So in verse uh, 30, not discerning the Lord's body. Um, let's, let's go down to verse 30. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. So if you're not discerning the Lord's body, and you are weak or sick, check up. Check up. Because if you will be in your place doing what God's called you to do, you will not be sick. You will not be weak because everything you need is in your call. Yeah. 
If you're starting to feel a lack of joy, if you're starting to feel a lack of strength, check up on your call. Where are you? It's, it's in here, guys. I'm not making it up. So discerning the Lord's body would be why you would have. So in verse 30, it says that this is why many are weak and sick and sleep among you. So that would mean the opposite is if you are discerning the Lord's body, this would be why you'd have strength, joy, and peace. All right. Three reasons that people don't discern the Lord's body, talking about the church, is number one, they don't recognize their place in the body. Like we talked about, if you are not realizing that you have a part to play, if you aren't realizing that the person sitting next to you needs you as much as you need them, this is one of the reasons that people don't discern the Lord's body because they don't recognize their place. So many people are confused going from church to church, place to place, meeting to meeting, trying to find where they belong. And not letting God have a say, not being directed by the Holy Ghost. So make sure you find your place. I know it'd be surprising, but my dad is one of those pastors who's like, if this isn't your place, that is okay. We're not trying to keep people. We only want to keep the people that God has placed and called to be in this place. You can't reach everybody. You can't keep everybody. It's just real. But it's important that people find where they are meant to be. Amen? Um, And then number two, they don't recognize the place of others in the body. Because so many times people are like, well, that's my ministry. Well, I guarantee you there is enough ministry to go around. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, I know for me, I'm the children's director. Well, I guarantee there's other people who are called the children's. And I guarantee I could use some help. Amen? Amen? So don't think that just because somebody is in that place that you can't help. If you know that that's where you're called, say, okay, where can I? How can I? What can I do to get involved? Because I'm not going to miss out and get sick or weak or sleep. Because I'm not doing what God's called me to do. Amen? And then number three, they don't recognize the importance of your supply to the place of the body. You know, God shows up where people come expecting. So if you're not here, that might mean that God had something big for that service. He wanted a Holy Ghost blowout, and you missed it, and you didn't bring your supply, and so everybody else missed it. You know, I know, I know sometimes we exaggerate things as ministers, right? But to get the point across that it matters the supply you're bringing. If you don't come expecting to this place, don't expect anything out. That came across really harsh. I really love you guys. (laughs) But it matters. People, Christians, and especially young people my age, think that they can come and sit back in a lazy boy recliner and just let everybody tend to them. Well, there is work to be done. 
You need to put your hand to the plow and get to moving. It is not a time to sit back and say, oh, well, somebody else can do it. You know, somebody else got the talents and the gifts and the abilities. No, it's your time to step up and do what you're called to do. Come on. It's time to move and to have your way because this is how God's going to move in the last days is he's going to use people, who young people in this generation. But you need to stop being lazy, not be lazy, and say, God, I want you to use me. I'm going to put my hand to work. I'm going to start moving. I'm going to start doing all that you call me to do. Because I'm not going to stop until your plan is fulfilled in my life. Because I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I want to hear. Come on, I want to hear that I did what he told me to do. Oh, I got to share this story. Okay, so I heard, I don't remember, I think it was Pastor Nancy Dufresne that I was listening to on the way up here. And uh, she told a story about a man who actually died and went to heaven. And um, when he was there, he came, he came back um, and finished out his life. But when he came back, or when he was in heaven, they said, well, would you like to see your mansion? And he was like, well, yeah, hello. And when he went to his mansion, it was all under construction. And you know what he was told? That means your mansion will be a reflection of what you did in fulfilling the plan and the call of God on your life. So if you want five bedrooms, you better get to work. If you want a big mansion with lots of square foot, you better get to work. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to heaven and my mansion still be under construction because I missed it or I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Amen. That put it into perspective for me, right? Amen. I wouldn't be okay living in my house without water. Okay? Amen. But it's just a good reminder that we want to hear when we get to heaven, you did it. You pleased me. You did all that I had for you to do. You followed me. And don't get, I'll just be honest with you. It's really easy, especially with me. It's really easy to just sit back and let my parents do it all. (laughs) But what I had to get to is that everything in my life, everything that God has for me, it means that I have to fulfill my call. And the more that I step out, the more that I realize there is. Because all you have to do is take the first step, and then the next step comes, and the next step comes, and the next, and it's just so easy. Amen. Everything, everything that you need is in the call. Everything that you need is in your place, staying in your place. So many people don't know how to stay nowadays. We need to teach our children to stay. How to stay. You know, being in special education, we have a lot of kids with ADHD. We need to 
help them. Be under the presence of God to teach them how to just stay. Because it's going to be important to their lives later on that they know how to stay. Stay. So many of us don't, we, we're on to the next thing. Some of you are, are already on to lunch. Stay. <laughs> Amen. 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 So just, we'll go over those three points again. The three reasons people don't discern the Lord's body. Um, talking about the churches. Number one, they don't recognize their place in the body. Number two, they don't recognize the place of others in the body. And number three, they don't recognize the importance of their supply to their place in the body. And because they don't recognize the importance of the why behind these, they don't stay. They go and find somewhere that doesn't challenge them and doesn't grow them. It's important that you are planted where God has called you to be. Planted. Not potted. Because pots can be moved. But planted deep. Deep. Um, when you just attend somewhere, you're blessed. We can all say that, right? You're blessed. But when you're connected, you are able to be propelled into your call, into, into everything that God has for you. But you can't be propelled when you are not planted. It matters. It matters to stay in your place because everything, everything that you have need of, you know, many of us long for more finances, long for different homes and cars and and, you know, so many times we want these things, but we're not willing. And, and really, God wants to bless us with these things. But we're not willing to do what he's told us to do. Everything in your life is connected to whether you are doing the plan of God or not. And with, if you are where you are called to be. So many times people say, well, why am I lacking? Why are things... I have a family member who... It seems like every time we turn around, something's breaking. Why? He's not following his plan right now. Protection and security and safety comes in staying in your place. And as you just choose to follow his plan, everything, everything, I mean, more than you can even imagine is there because you are choosing to be obedient to all that God's called you to do. Amen. One last story that I want to share this morning um, is um, about, a, I guess it was a year and a half ago, um, we always, at the beginning of the year, we do prayer and fasting for the first week of January at our church. And God had really started to put it on my heart that it was time to move out of mom and dad's house. And, you know, when we get really comfortable somewhere, it's real easy, okay? I went to two years of Bible school, and I was going to college, and it was really easy to stay at mom and dad's house because dinner was cooked, <laughs> right? The house was clean. There's some things I didn't have to do. And to be honest, it didn't take much faith. It didn't take much faith financially or in, in any way it didn't take faith for me 
And so I realized that really to start to step into the call that God had placed on my life, it was going to mean that I had to do some things to move forward. And don't, don't I wasn't lazy, okay? <laughs> Let me put that out there. But it was time. And so what I didn't know the plan. I didn't know where God you know, would direct me, but I knew that the first step was to start and, you know, looking for a place. Well, the easiest place to go and start to look is an apartment. So I started looking at apartments. There was, you know, sides of town I wanted to be on. You know, there's some things I desired, but then all of a sudden, one of my coworkers out of nowhere says, hey, you know, my son and his fiance are looking for, um, you know, a place. And we came across this condo and they don't want it. Um, and so I just started looking into it. And um, I ended up like doing one of those things where it tells you like what you're approved for or whatever. Because I was like, there's no way at 24 I can buy a house. There's no way. Um, and so I really put a limitation on it. You know, there's no way. Um, but thankfully, I didn't stay there. And, um, and so literally on a Saturday morning, I went and saw this place. And an hour later, I was in my realtor's office putting a contract on this home that they say I can afford. And then guess what? I got into it and had 10% at closing to put down. That was $10,000, y'all. At tw who do you know a 24-year-old who has $10,000 to put down on a home? That was God. It was God. I didn't have it to begin with. It was God. And the reason why I can stand in front of you this morning with my gift and my talent and my ability that God has given me is because I chose to put my faith. I chose to follow the plan and the purpose of God in my life. And I know that everything else that I desire, he will fulfill it just like he fulfilled my home. And I know there's another home coming. Amen. Because I'm not going to stay satisfied where I'm at because I want to follow. I know that with God, there's more than I could ever think or imagine. And I'm going to put my faith out there. Amen. Amen. Everything I need. Everything I desire, everything is in my plan, is in my purpose, but I have to stay in my place. If I leave my place, God has no, none at all. He has no reason to fulfill it. If I step out of my place, he has no job or requirement to give me any of those blessings. But when I stay in his plan, when I choose to stay firm in what I believe, he has a responsibility, and it's in his word that he shall give us all the desires of our heart, and he will always take care of us. Amen. So my challenge to you is stay in your place. Don't let anything get you out of your place. Amen. Amen. Well, I love and appreciate you guys. Thanks for pulling this morning. It is so good when somebody pulls. Amen. You can feel the difference when somebody pulls. Amen. So stay hungry. That's a huge part of staying in your place is staying hungry. Amen. Amen. Father, we worship you this morning.
Father, we honor you and we thank you, Father, for this word. Father, we thank you that we get it down deep inside of us that we long to stay in your place. We long to be right smack dab in the middle of where you called us to be. Father, we don't want to be outside of the plan. We want to be right in the middle. And so, Father, we worship you. We honor you this morning. Father, we thank you, Father, for your, your meat from heaven. Father, we, we thank you that we will continue to chew on it, we'll continue to meditate on it. Father, because we know in this last day, it is so vital and important to the body of Christ that we stay in our place. And Father, we thank you for those who may not know where their place is. Father, we thank you that you're leading them, you're guiding them, you're giving them direction, Father. And we thank you for it this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thank you.